The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. In the synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some people talk about how different the Old Testament God is than the New Testament God. God that seems to be full of wrath, ready to destroy cities and towns, whereas the God of the New Testament appears to be one of forgiveness, mercy, and love. But it's the same God. The difference is, is our status as a human family. In the Old Testament, our parents decided that they wanted to be equal to their creator. And so they turned their back on God in that Garden of Eden and were banished not just from the garden, but also from a deep personal relationship with their God. It put up barriers between the human family and their creator God. It separated us from him. And we see in today's reading from the book of Deuteronomy that that's what the people wanted. The people were in fear of God, and they did not want to receive anything directly from God. They did not want to look upon his face lest they die. And so they pleaded with Moses, please, please ask God to only speak to us through prophets. And God acceded to that request. And so his word came to the people through prophets like Isaiah, Elijah, Eli, and others. This is how people would experience God through that mediator. But now all of a sudden something has changed, as we see in today's gospel reading. All of a sudden here is this man, well we would maybe call him a prophet, but he seems to be speaking with such authority. He seems to be touching our very hearts with the words that he says, and he even has the power 
to expel demons from people that are possessed. Jesus' fame continued to spread throughout the whole region of Galilee as they started telling the stories of his miraculous healing, of his teachings, and of his control of the natural world. Well, it was because something has changed. The Son of God has been become one of us. The Son of God has united his divinity with our humanity in the incarnation. And he began to share God's word with the people, not as a mediator, but as God himself. And so Jesus started showing people the way to live their lives, the way to seek out the Father's will. And then he gave the greatest gift, the gift of himself, giving up his life on the cross to finally tear down those barriers. One of those symbolic barriers was in the temple. The temple was constructed such that there was an outer courtyard for everyone. And then the next courtyard in was for, was for males. And the next courtyard in was for priests. Finally, you got to the Holy of Holies, the place that had the Ark of the Covenant. And it had this huge drape that went from the ceiling to the floor, physically separating everyone from God with only one exception, the priest, who won by drawing lots, to go in and offer incense in God's presence in the Holy of Holies. Well, it is that drape that at the moment of Christ's death is torn from top to bottom, symbolizing that now there will be no more barriers between God and his beloved children. And in fact, through our baptism, that is exactly who we are, adopted sons and daughters of the living God all because the Son of God willingly gave up his life. But he didn't just do that. He wanted each generation of his disciples to be able to experience the sacrifice that he made on that, on that hill of Calvary. And so he gave us the sacrament of the Eucharist. Here in the Eucharist, we encounter the same Jesus who walked on the water. Here in the Eucharist, we encounter the same Jesus that expelled those demons. And here in the Eucharist, we encounter the same Jesus who gave up his life for our salvation. How privileged we are that we have a God that loves us so much that he gave us his son. How privileged we are that the son loves us so much as to give up his life, and how privileged we are that the Holy Spirit has set up residence in each of our hearts from the very, very moment of our baptism. But it is the Eucharist where we encounter our Lord and Savior because on this altar in a few moments will be the real presence of our Lord, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what makes this sacrament that we celebrate today the source and summit of our lives as Christian disciples of our Savior, 
because we encounter that Savior in the Eucharist. The bishops here in the United States, though, had realized faith in the Eucharist was starting to wane, and people were putting other priorities ahead of celebrating regularly this sacrament and putting aside this special encounter with their Lord and Savior. And thus began this Eucharistic revival that we are in the midst of. We are currently in the parish phase of that Eucharistic revival. We began that phase a little early by showing in our north narthex that despite this being a miracle that happens on the altar, there have been Eucharistic miracles that have occurred. There have been hosts that now have taken on the physical properties of human cardiac tissue. There have been other hosts that have actually bled human blood, and there have been others that have multiplied themselves in the ciborium. We got a chance to read about those, study about those, and pray about those miracles for 12 months. But now we've got two opportunities coming up that I want to make you aware. Talks given by Deacon Anthony Armbruster and Father Patrick Hyde. On Wednesday, February 7th, Deacon Anthony Armbruster will be the speaker during our Faith, Food, and Fellowship evening. If you're trying to rack your brain about, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what Deacon Anthony looks like. Well, he stands six foot eight, and he's as white as a house. So, I mean, you should remember him as soon as you see him. But he will be given a talk on that evening on Eucharistic devotions. And immediately following that talk, we all will head upstairs into our church to open up our 40 hours devotion. 40 hours devotion is a, is a, is a practice where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed on our altar and, for, and from eight o'clock that evening until on Wednesday until noon on Friday, the Blessed Sacrament will continue to be exposed. And people will be here in the church praying with, uh, praying in the presence of our Lord during that time. You can join in that prayer time by signing up to pray for an hour by either clicking on the link on our website or we have paper signups on the table in the narthex today. 40 hours devotion is a great way to spend some quiet time with our Lord but also to bolster our faith in the Eucharist. The second opportunity is later in February. On F Wednesday, February 21st, we will have one of our soap, excuse me, soup and soul food evenings, and our speaker that evening will be Father Patrick Hyde. Father Patrick is a Dominican who is the pastor of St. Paul Catholic Center in Bloomington, Indiana. But we're also privileged here in the Archdiocese to have him and another priest serve, be designated as a Eucharistic preacher for this Eucharistic revival. Some of us heard him speak at a deanery evening event last fall, and all of us were very much moved by his talk. The topic he chose for our evening will be personal Eucharistic revival. 
Because after all, if we, are in, if we are to invite others to return to regular worship and celebration of the sacrament of the Eucharist, we need to bolster our own faith in it and remind people why this is essential to our life as Christians. And so we as well need our own personal Eucharistic revival. We are as well going to publicize this talk to neighboring parishes in our deanery and inviting them to come at 6.30 here in our church. Um, for those of us here in the parish, we can first enjoy a simple soup supper at 6 p.m. But in either case, I invite you to truly give some thought about participating in these two opportunities. After all, the Eucharist is the source and summit of all Christian life. Every good act we do as a Christian flows from the graces that we receive in this sacrament of the Eucharist. We are truly privileged to be loved by a God who wants that personal relationship with us. And we never more experience that so deeply and intimately as we do when we celebrate the Mass because we not only experience the miracle of bread and wine becoming the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, but then he invites us to take and eat, take and drink. That is how much he wants to be a part of our lives, that he asks us to take him inside of us to truly continue that work of turning our hearts to the God who loved us before we were born.